Welcome back to Picture Scripture. The title of this episode is Roots of Righteousness, and we're going to be reading out of Psalm 1. It is written, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now picture this. A stream of flowing water comes out from the mouth of God, and this living water is the Word of God. In fact, the stream of flowing water consists of the following scriptures. Psalm 36, 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Psalm 42, 1-2 says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 63, 1 says, O God, you are my God, I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh yearns for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Psalm 92, 12-14 says, The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. Psalm 143.6 says, I stretch out my hands to you. My soul longs for you as a parched land. Regarding those who do evil, Jeremiah 2.13 says, They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. But for the righteous person, Jeremiah 17.8 says, For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream, and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. And Jeremiah continues in verse 13 and says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away on earth will be written down because they have forsaken the fountain of living water, even the Lord. Ezekiel 19.10 says, Your mother was like a vine in your vineyard, planted by the waters. It was fruitful and full of branches because of abundant waters. And it is for this reason it is written in John 7, 37-38, that Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Listen, the tree that is rooted near the living water is the righteous person, and its roots extend to the depths and absorb the living water. The branches and leaves of this prosperous tree look like wheat. The wicked person is like a tree far away from the living water, dying in desolation. Over time, and without the life-giving water, this tree dries up and falls apart. 
When it falls apart, it looks like chaff being blown in the wind by angels. This chaff ends up in the fire. Almost as if a foreshadowing of the fire, the chaff being blown into the fire resembles ashes coming from the fire. Yet, when this wind blows, the tree with its righteous roots in the living water will remain firm and only sway, as if praising God while moving back and forth. In this life, we only have two choices as to which type of person we will be, wicked or righteous. The type of person you are is centered around God's Word. The person who receives, believes, and confesses the Word of God as truth will become a righteous person who will bear fruit. However, the person who rejects the Word of God will be wicked and will perish. It is written that the person is blessed if he or she meditates day and night on the law of the Lord. Now, that word law often refers to the Torah, or the Pentateuch, which derives from a Hebrew root, yara, that means to teach or instruct or point someone in the right direction. Biblical law is the body of instructions or teachings which serves as the absolute moral standard that will guide us and keep us in alignment with God's will. And to keep your focus on the will of God is what it means to meditate on the Word. Unlike other mystical religions, meditation for the Christian is not to keep your mind void or clear. The purpose of meditation also is not a mantra of a word or a phrase repeated over and over again in order to empty the mind. Rather, the purpose of meditation is to fill your mind with God's Word and to think deeply about its truths, allowing the Word to renew and transform your mind. As it is written in Romans 12.2, Ephesians 4.23, and Titus 3.5, in fact, your thoughts about God's Word should branch out and resemble roots expanding outward deeper and deeper until they connect with the source of life and absorb the living water. And just as it is written in Joshua 1.8, meditating on God's Word will keep our actions in alignment with God's will. Now ponder. If you are the righteous person, and thus have righteous roots, then you receive your life from the living water, which is the Word of God. Thus, God is the source. And the more we delight in obeying God, the more fruitful we will be. The more we know of the depth and fullness of God's Word, the more resources we will have that will provide us with the life necessary to grow and bear fruit. However, that's only if your roots are absorbing the living water, which is the Word of God. But it's important to remember that a tree bears fruit, not for itself, but for others. Thus, when the faithful person prospers, it is not for him or herself, nor is the prospering even necessarily material, but he or she succeeds in bringing benefit to others. And we also see this same image in Jeremiah 17, 5-8. Some people use the great gift of free will to choose to separate themselves from the source. Those who are not rooted in God's word will eventually perish. What happens to a fish out of water? 
Is death an instantaneous response to the separation? No, the death happens slowly. What happens to a tree if it doesn't get water? It slowly dies, dries out, becomes brittle, and will probably fall apart or tip over at some point. But many trees that have died can remain standing for a long time even though they're already dead. Likewise, many humans are dead in their sins even while they continue to stand. But in the end, they will all acknowledge the fact that their deaths were the result of the separation from the source. In John chapter 4, verses 7 to 30, Jesus spoke to a Samaritan woman by a well. Jesus eventually told her that he knew she had five previous husbands and that the man she was currently with was not her husband. The woman was not satisfied in life, nor was she complete. Jesus essentially told the woman that she was living her life in the same way she was attempting to quench her physical thirst. So the woman kept coming back to the well in order to quench her thirst. Likewise, the woman kept searching for happiness to fill a void. Jesus told her that he was the living water, and if her roots were to absorb the life he provides, she would never thirst again. The woman recognized the undeserved offer of grace, and then she decided to establish roots near the living water, and she became a great evangelist in her hometown. Many people, however, will choose to separate themselves from the source, believing that they are capable of sustaining themselves. But in the end, they will die, fall apart, and be blown away like chaff in the wind. But what is chaff? Well, chaff is the tough outer covering shell or husk of grain. Now, this outer shell must be cracked open and removed in order to get to the valuable kernels of grain inside. Chaff was removed by a two-part process called threshing and winnowing. Now, in the threshing process, the outer shell was crushed to reveal the kernels. In the winnowing process, all the pieces were tossed up into the air. Now, the chaff being light and having nothing substantial to it, it gets blown away by even the slightest force of wind. Meanwhile, the good grain falls back down and is caught for safekeeping. The chaff has no value. It's not worth keeping, but the grain possesses value. That's worth keeping. So are you wicked or righteous? Are you the chaff or the good grain? Because there's nothing much to chaff, it will be blown away in the wind by the angels into the fire, just as it is written in Psalm 35.5, Isaiah 33.11, Daniel 2.35, and Matthew 3.12. But, you know, perhaps you are not chaff yourself, but your heart is merely hardened. You don't have to end up as chaff. In fact, God doesn't want you to be the chaff, and this is why he loved you enough to tell you as much in his word. Perhaps your hardened heart needs only to be cracked open in order to reveal the valuable kernel of good grain within. 
And just as the chaff needs to be cracked open in order to reveal the depth of the goodness inside, God's Word has deep truths of goodness within. If only you would crack open the pages of the Bible and sift through Scripture while meditating on the Word. In fact, this very Bible study that you are hearing right now only came to my mind after I meditated on Psalm 1, which only has six verses. It's 129 words. But it is said the entire Bible has 782,815 words. But if this one Bible study was produced from a mere 129 words of six verses, how many other studies, commentaries, or devotionals could be written from the remaining 782,686 words? When your roots absorb the living water, you have all you need. And so I want to end this short episode today by giving you four practical ways to meditate on God's Word. 1. Dedicate a specific time and place each day when you are least likely to be interrupted or distracted so you can spend time reading and meditating on God's Word. 2. Before you read, pray for the Holy Spirit to give you revelation of a deep truth that never before entered your mind. Pray that you may be granted greater wisdom to understand God in a new and deeper way. 3. Read an entire chapter so as to understand the words, sentences, and paragraphs in proper context. And then once you understand the context of the entire chapter, choose a small section and examine it under close inspection. Who is the writer? Who is the audience? What time period was it written? What is the main message? What should be our focus as we read it? What are the promises listed? Are certain topics discussed elsewhere in other books of the Bible? If so, where? And then finally, number four, what is the life application? How can you apply what you learned to how you should live? For example, how can you apply this word today to how you should live? Thank you for listening to Picture Scripture by Pointless Thorns Ministries. All Bible study lessons are provided absolutely free of charge to all people who desire to become dedicated disciples of Christ. However, in order to continue long term, we do rely on listener support. If you would like to partner with Pointless Thorns Ministries as a financial backer to ensure we can train up as many disciples as possible, you can give either a one-time or monthly tax-deductible donation by visiting pointlessthorns.wordpress.com or by simply clicking the link provided in our bio or about us section. May God continue to bless you as you continue to bless others.